The People's History of Kansas City podcast is supported by the Kemper Museum of Contemporary Art, celebrating 30 years at the Block Party on Saturday, May 4th. Visitors can enjoy music, food trucks, exhibitions, and artist-led activities. Learn more at KemperArt.org. You listen to A People's History of Kansas City for a fresh take on local history. We want to honor these stories, and we take the reporting very seriously. And sometimes we just need to chill. Want to hang? Let's party! Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host Ari Shapiro will make a special appearance. And boy, it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Please come support our work. Ticket information is available at kcur.org radioactive. Hey, how's it going? It's Suzanne Hogan. So I give talks teach and do workshops around the Kansas City area from time to time. And recently, I presented to a public history class at the University of Missouri, Kansas City, where I met Christina Loya. This is one of my favorite local podcasts. And yeah, I really wanted to get, you know, my story out there. So I mean, my great aunt's story. I remember you said, my great aunt was in Mariachi Estrella. Uh And I thought, what? Yeah. And you had heard of them. Mariachi Estrella was one of the very first all-female mariachi groups in the country. Mariachi music features an ensemble of different players, with instruments like the higher-pitched guitar called the vihuela and the bass guitar called the guitarón. There's violins, trumpets, percussion, singing, dancing. It's heartfelt music. It's the music of Mexico. And for a short stint during the 1980s, Mariachi Estrella, a group of seven trailblazing women in Kansas, were a force. They broke the mold in a male-dominated music scene. I first learned about Mariachi Estrella because of a show that used to be on KCUR called KC Currents. Nearly two decades ago now, host and dear friend Sylvia Maria Gross did this incredible interview with three of the, at that time, group's surviving members. Isabel Gonzalez, Teresa Cuevas, and Rachel Zangalang, welcome to Casey Currents. So we're here right near Our Lady of Guadalupe Church in Topeka, which is where Mariachi Estrella was first formed. And one of the people she interviewed was Cristina Loya's great aunt, Isabel Boli Gonzalez. Yeah, for me, number one, it's just a lot of fun. It's fun to play. And uh, the songs, a lot of the songs, whether they're instrumental or sung, but mostly the sung, the ones that have words are just real deep. They're deep emotions, whether it's joyful or sorrow or unrequited love, whatever it is, it's real deep, deep emotions. What these women have built, like for our family, has been. They were cultural representatives. But since this 2006 interview, a lot has happened. And Christina Loya isn't the only descendant of that very first wave of members who is taking it upon themselves to celebrate the legacy of Mariachi Estrella in their very own important new ways. This is a People's History of Kansas City. This episode, how a group of inspiring women, Estrellas, stars, continue to shine. Women took this deeply patriarchal institution and kind of created their own space in it. We called it mariachi fever that we caught. (laughs) Christina Loya wrote her thesis about mariachi estrella. It's about her great aunts who played in the group and about other women in her family. 
how gender roles and expectations have shifted throughout generations of Mexican-American women's lives, and how Mariachi Estrella was a part of this shift. Even in mariachi music, it's very masculine. And these women came in and disrupted that, you know? (laughs) Whether intentionally or not, it's very subversive and very powerful. It all started in a neighborhood in Topeka, Kansas, called Oakland, home to a large and vibrant Mexican-American population for generations. The neighborhood got its start at the turn of the 20th century, when a large wave of Mexican immigrants started coming into eastern Kansas due to political and economic upheaval caused by the Mexican Revolution. And there were new opportunities for these immigrants in this area because of the growing railroad industry. The neighborhood of Oakland formed near those railroad lines in the northeastern part of Topeka, Kansas. And Christina Loya says in the early decades of this neighborhood, it was a racially segregated place. It was de facto segregation, where it was not really like written in the in the books like it was for a lot of black community members, but it was like based on skin color, based on like if you could, you know, pass. Pretty quickly, a Catholic church was established, Our Lady of Guadalupe Church, in 1914. Christina Loya says it became a center point for the Mexican immigrant community. In 1933, an annual Topeka, Kansas tradition, the Fiesta, was born. A big party in the summertime that's put on by the church as a fundraiser and celebration. It's full of music, food, and dancing. People decorate their homes. They crown a Fiesta queen and king. And it's a joyous occasion celebrating Mexican culture that's still going strong to this day. Like everybody I talked to about the church in the neighborhood said, Fiesta in Topeka is the best. I mean, lots of bright lights and music, and it was very exciting as a little kid. It's always the hottest week in July possible. If you're not drenched in sweat, you're not enjoying Like, it's just, it's... (laughs) Christina says the church and events like Fiesta allowed women like her great aunts and grandma to take leadership roles that didn't really exist in other parts of their lives. And since the church was the center of the community, that leadership carried real power. Women took this deeply patriarchal institution and kind of created their own space in it. The church was both a spiritual and social center point, and it became a support system and a way to offer more services to the community, with many of those efforts being led by women. And it was out of Our Lady of Guadalupe Church that Mariachi Estrella first started as a choir group. It's our culture and our heritage and everything that, you know, makes us Mexican. That's Teresa Cuevas from the 2006 interview I mentioned earlier. She first started playing classical violin when she was eight years old. And then in junior high, she played for the Topeka High School Symphony. But when she graduated in the 1930s, she struggled to find a good job. She eventually got married and had five children. But her relationship with her husband was rocky. They eventually divorced, and it wasn't until the 1970s, when she was in her 50s, that she started playing the violin with the church choir at Our Lady of Guadalupe. The music was a part of me that made me feel like myself, like I used to feel, and that's what helped 
me to get over that. The choir was important to Teresa, especially when a Guatemalan priest started teaching what she calls happy songs. Caniche Alcala, who played the accordion and piano, joined in, and her sister, Isabel Boli Gonzalez, who you heard from earlier. I never heard anybody saying, let's start an all-female. It just happened that all of us that were in the choir were female. Member Rachel Galvin Sangalong recalls the choir did originally have some men in it, but says the early mass time may have been at least part of the reason it ended up all female. Getting them to church on time, remember? And you had to be there at 7 to tune up and get ready. And so we decided we're going to uh, depend on ourselves because we couldn't depend on them, and it ended up that the players were female. (laughs) Eventually the choir, which a lot of them still continue to perform for during mass, started to transform into a different project. Rachel was 22 at the time, and like some of the other members of the church band, taught herself how to play her instrument, which was the guitarron. She says what really started the band Mariachi Estrella was the inspiration they all got after a trip down to a mariachi convention in San Antonio. We called it mariachi fever that we caught. (laughs) It's mariachi fever. I guess you either love it or, you know... It's just happened to strike a chord with us. The year was 1980, after that convention, when the group says that they truly formed. Other members included Rachel's sister, Dolores Galvin, Isabel Boli Gonzalez's cousin, Dolores Gonzalez Cardmona, and Linda Skurlock, the only non-Mexican in the group who played the trumpet. She also, like founder, Teresa Cuevas, was recently divorced. And she said, you guys saved my life. And she started writing music for us. She had two little boys, and she loved to go with She was so happy being a part of the mariachi. Pretty quickly, the group started playing gigs outside of the church and making a real name for themselves. One time, when they played at a restaurant in Dodge City, they ended up serenading a group of National Guardsmen. And we surrounded them, and they didn't know what to do. They looked at each other, and and we kept just getting close to them and, you know, and singing, and we had a good time, and they didn't know how to... I don't know why, but they acted like... See, I think that's the novelty of, because usually, you know, men sing to women instead of the other way around. And we were serenading them, and we were having a good time. We were, oh, I enjoyed it, and I'll never forget it as long as I live. Another thing about being an all-female group, I'm wondering if you were ever challenged by men who felt it wasn't appropriate for only women to play. Or They were happy for us. All of them were happy for us. They used to tell us, and they gave us so much attention, didn't they? <laughs> the women of Mariachi Estrella had a lot of fun together in those days. Their band was like a family, and they'd really get into dressing up in the traditional costumes called trajes, the jackets, sombreros, preparing their makeup, matching bows, the whole look. We had to have outfits, we had to have hats and jewelry, and it was, we were very determined, you know, that, that, but see, all the women, I think, I felt that they were very, they were women that knew what they wanted. They practiced hard, sounded good, and were getting more and more confident and getting asked to play more shows. Their performances were joyous affairs, and they often brought their family along, encouraging young children to join in and learn. And Teresa Cueva says each member brought something special, unique to each other and to the music. God just, it seemed to me that he gave us all this uh, 
group. Each one had their own, uh, what could I say, their own uh, thing that they contributed to this group, each, each one. The band had been playing together for less than two years when tragedy hit. On July 17, 1981, Mariachi Estrella was invited to play at the new Hyatt Regency Hotel in Kansas City, Missouri. They made the hour-long drive east from Topeka. A tea dance was taking place, and the band was on their way to change into their costumes. But as Mariachi Estrella was walking across the second-story skywalk, the skywalk above them collapsed. According to one eyewitness, the band was playing Duke Ellington's Satin Doll when the tune was suddenly shattered by a big snap and the sound of breaking glass. Those in the Hyatt Regency lobby said that when the first skywalk gave way, people began attempting to hold on. They had terrible expressions on their faces, they said. That first skywalk fell on another below, and then they both fell to the floor. The Hyatt Regency disaster remains one of the deadliest accidental structural building failures in United States history, injuring more than 200 people and killing 114. Among them were four members of the group, Mariachi Estrella, Connie Che Alcala, Dolores Gonzalez Cardmona, Dolores Galvin, and Linda Skurlock. My daughter will tell you she saved my life. Member Isabel Boli Gonzalez, who lost her sister, cousin, and friends that day, says she was nursing her daughter at the time, so she didn't go to any jobs outside of town, so she wasn't there. Rachel Galvin Sangalong and Teresa Cuevas were there that day and ended up trapped in the rubble. And I said, Father Santo, ayúdame, wasn't it? I'll never forget. I, I said it real loud, and then all of a sudden the man said, she's alive, there's a live one. And he, the only thing I could move was this hand. And I grabbed his hand, and they dragged me out of there. This interview took place in 2006, more than two decades after the Hyatt Regency collapsed. But you can hear how deeply traumatic and life-changing the experience was for all of them. Their bandmates who were lost that day were trailblazing women. And they were also mothers, sisters, daughters, educators, dedicated community leaders, friends. Obviously, very traumatic for the family. Christina Loya lost her aunt and cousin that day. In Topeka, Kansas every year, the Our Lady of Guadalupe Church put together a yearbook of sorts for Fiesta. And those books served as invaluable materials for Christina Loya when she was writing her thesis. It also became the source of an unexpected surprise. And I read this and it was like so powerful for me to read. While looking through the 1982 Fiesta book, the year after the Hyatt Regency disaster, there was a big spread memorializing the group, Mariachi Estrella. And Christina came across a quote from her great aunt, Connie Che Alcala, who died in that tragedy. So shortly before her death, Connie Che was asked about what being part of Mariachi Estrella meant to her. 
And she said, it's in my heart. I just want to see it carried on. I don't want it to die out. The shock of losing family, friends, who've been the source of so much joy for tragically too short of a time, took time for the surviving members of Mariachi Estrella to come to grips with. Does it feel like it has become a defining part of all of your lives? There are times when I can take it, and there are times when I, 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 I can't hold on to it, but it, it affects me. Sometimes it's, sometimes, you know, but sometimes you're fine, and then other times, really emotional, where it hits me. Other t- times when I'm by myself. I felt that God had saved me, and he had saved me so I could be a better mother. And, and after that, I devoted myself to my family, and I was a different person. Teresa Cuevas was badly injured in the accident. But as soon as she was healed, she immediately started playing for the church again. The other members also continued to play there and eventually spun off to play with different mariachi groups. But Teresa Cuevas held on to the name Mariachi Estrella and focused on passing mariachi music to her grandchildren. And nowadays, girls have, you know, they can aspire to do whatever they want to. My granddaughters. Teresa Cuevas passed away in 2013 at the age of 93 years old. And her family says she played her violin and loved music all the way until the end. And Christina Loya is far from the only person keeping the spirit of this group alive. My name is Maria Elena Cuevas, and I front the band Maria the Mexican. And that band is inspired by my time in the mariachi band with my grandmother, Mariachi Estrella. Maria and her sister Teresa, who goes by Tess, are both named after their grandmother, whose full name was Maria Teresa Alonso Cuevas. The sisters both started playing with Mariachi Estrella as kids. Maria played the vihuela, and her sister Tess, like her grandmother, played the violin. So my sister and I always joke, we weren't asked. We were just simply told what we would do. Looking back, I'm really grateful for that. But I started performing in my grandmother's mariachi band at the age of 11. Nowadays, she and her sister have taken those musical roots and formed it into a new group, Maria the Mexican, which is a fusion of mariachi with rock and Americana. Can you talk about the choice of the name? Sure. So obviously, you know, Maria referring to my grandmother, but also Maria referring to anyone that has had a similar experience. She's talking about that feeling of growing up in a family that has strong ties to a particular culture, while also feeling a pull in different directions. To my American friends, I was always the Mexican, but to my Mexican friends, I was always, oh, well, you're not Mexican enough. And it was kind of this identity crisis or push-pull issue, and I don't think I'm alone in that. You know, I'd like to say, like, this is for all the Marias, not just me. And then last, I think it's okay to choose how you want to be identified. And I go back to that story of my father telling me, like, hey, you're Mexican. You know, like, we're a Mexican family and we need to be proud. And that's what the name signifies to me. And, you know, I think it definitely sparks a conversation 
about the connotation of being Mexican and why people might feel uncomfortable saying the name. That's interesting. I, th- I, I love the way you th- lay that out. It's very intentional and that it's like it's because you want to have those conversations. This is Maria the Mexican performing the traditional song El Cascabel, which was one of her grandmother's favorites. Maria says she still gets goosebumps every time they play it. She hopes that others will be inspired by her grandma's story. A woman who started an all-female mariachi band later in her life, overcame a major tragedy, and just kept going. So it's like, it's never too late. It's never too late to start something. You could be creating a huge part of your life and legacy. Marisol Chavez is another descendant who's trying to share that inspiration with younger generations. I'm a product coming from these women who who led this, and I was like, this is so exciting. It was her great aunt, member Isabel Boldy Gonzalez, who is still alive, who encouraged her at a young age to start playing music at Our Lady of Guadalupe Church in the Oakland neighborhood where she grew up. That's where she taught herself different instruments. Sound familiar? Later in college, she was at a crossroads in her life, not really sure what she should be pursuing. And then I was like, you know what? No, I really want to be doing music. Now, she's a professional musician, performing in the group Mariachi Habanero. And she's a music teacher in the Oakland neighborhood, where she teaches all of her students about Mariachi Estrella. Growing up in this neighborhood, a lot of my students and a lot of just musicians in the area didn't know about Mariachi Estrella. So it's been like a goal and a mission of mine to like make sure that I tell my students about mariachi music, about Mariachi Estrella, so that they're aware. Now you look today and there's all female groups everywhere. David Chavez remembers seeing Mariachi Estrella as a kid. He's a nephew of the original members. And today, he runs a live events company that brings in some of the biggest mariachi bands to Topeka and Kansas City. I just saw there was one in Chicago. We know at least two or three in San Antonio. We know three in L.A. That's super cool. And that came from somewhere. He organized a series of mariachi concerts to help raise funds to create a monument to Mariachi Estrella at the Performing Arts Center in downtown Topeka. It honors the women whose lives were lost during the tragedy and celebrates the group's lasting legacy today. And he even helped produce a documentary about the group called Mariachi Estrella, Ad Astra Per Aspra, which for those who don't know is the motto for the state of Kansas, meaning to the stars through difficulties. And Mariachi Estrella will always be remembered and uh, it's part of the past, but it helps build up for the future. Michelle Stubblefield, another of Teresa's granddaughters who played in Mariachi Estrella as a kid, led an effort to have a bronze statue made in her grandmother's likeness right on Kansas Avenue in downtown Topeka. It's the only woman in a series of other prominent statues of Kansans that are displayed on that main thoroughfare. To acknowledge the women in this community who've done amazing things and keep the Hispanic community recognized. And I think she's a great representation of that and the strength that the Hispanic culture has brought to Topeka. As more and more family members, friends, and fans have taken up that responsibility to spread the story inspired by these women, in some ways it's a lot like mariachi music itself. It both serves as the background and center point for so many types of life events, from weddings, baptisms, 
funerals, church services, fiestas of all kinds. It's happy and sad. It can mean whatever it needs to mean to the individual in any moment. But at its core and best, it's meant to be shared. A People's History of Kansas City is a production from KCUR Studios. This episode was reported, produced, and mixed by me, with editing by Lisa Rodriguez and senior producer Mackenzie Martin. Special thanks to Sam Wiseman, interns Gabriella Lacey and Anna Schmidt, the Topeka Public Library, the Greater Topeka Partnership, and all of Mariachi Estrella's family and friends. And a huge shout out this episode to Sylvia Maria Gross, who co-created this podcast with me back in 2020. Her reporting on Mariachi Estrella, in particular, that 2006 interview you heard throughout this episode, was foundational in helping these women's story get told. You heard additional archival audio this episode from KTWU Public Television, Memories of Mariachi Estrella, KMBC 9's Chronicle, The Skywalk Tapes, and the film Mariachi Estrella, Ad Astra per Aspera. Music from Mariachi Estrella, Mariachi Habanero, Maria the Mexican, Mariachi Las Alteñas on Kiss AT12, and Blue Dot Sessions. If you liked this episode, we'd love to hear from you. Write us a review, share it with a friend, or shoot us an email at peopleshistorykc at kcur.org. We also have a Facebook group you can join for more stories about the people who created Kansas City. I'm Suzanne Hogan. Take care, and thanks for listening. <laughs>